Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Content and Caffeine. This week, I was joined by Gaetano Dinardi, the director of the Mar Generation at Nextiva, which is a customer experience suite. Me and Gaetano, we discussed a whole bunch of things in this episode, from SEO tactics to the tools that he uses. Uh, I even gave him a keyword to sort of analyze and, and to analyze the competitors who are you know, trying to rank for the same keyword. He identified their the, the blog post weaknesses, the blog post strengths, how to create an outline that would beat them. Uh, we also spoke about um, how, how Nextiva are approaching their content strategy, the blog content, webinars, and how, and how Gaetano specifically went out and created a, a viral LinkedIn video. Some seriously, um, really, really good golden nuggets of information in here, uh, and just a good chat as well. So I hope you guys enjoy it. As always, this episode is brought to you by Wordify, the content marketing agency for software vendors. To learn more about Wordify, head to Wordify, that's W-O-R-D-I-F-Y dot C-O. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Content and Caffeine. Today, I'm joined by Gaetano Donardi, the director of demand generation at Nextiva, which is a con- uh, customer experience suite. Gaetano, thanks for joining me. Hey, Kaya, thank you, bro. No problem. Okay, so we always get this started with a little coffee question. So if we were at a coffee shop right now, what would I be buying for you? <laughs> um, it would definitely be a macchiato. Macchiato, okay. You say that, you say that very, uh, you got the accent right there. <laughs> where, where, are you, where are you from originally? Well, uh, my parents, they are uh, Italian. Um, I was born in the US, in, in New York, uh, but I grew up with a very um old school italian upbringing uh mm-hmm. almost like it would be over there um and i've been yeah. back and forth quite a lot uh i still okay. have a lot of family there and awesome. uh yeah cafe is part of the part of the culture man so yeah you know yeah. i like my espressos my macchiatos okay very very cool is it true that you know the the coffee that we get over here in you know i'm, I'm in the uk but uk us it just doesn't even compare to the coffee that you get in italy is that is that true it, it is true. Italy is yeah. uh, is is on another planet, man. It's just yeah. really, really good. I think uh, the only other place in the world I've been that has incredible coffee to that to that uh, quality level is Colombia. Okay, interesting. Yeah. What's what's the best place in Italy to go if you want to get if you want if you're a coffee lover? What's the best city or best town? Mm. Or is it all good? Is it all good everywhere? Yeah, it's all good everywhere. I would say some of the commercial touristy places you know may not be as good they don't take as much uh, you know tender love and care with making your cup mm-hmm. <laughs> they might be able to you know maybe rush you and get you in and out quick the interesting thing about italy is even if you go into these mountain towns you know say you want to get gas and you're in a mountain mm-hmm. uh, at the gas station there will be a coffee bar and it will be some of the best coffee you've ever had but you wouldn't expect it and then maybe in a tourist area near a big uh you know, landmark or something like that, you'll have coffee and it will be like, oh, this is no good. <laughs> so <laughs> right. it could be hit or miss, but in general, all the coffee in Italia is incredible. Really, really cool. I love the way you say Italia as well. That's really, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> very, very cool. Okay, well, today we're, cool. we're mainly discussing uh, content repurposing and using content that was published maybe uh, three years ago even or longer. Um, you know, content that's maybe quote unquote dead now, according to Google, you know, it's not ranking anymore. It was okay when it first launched, or maybe it wasn't okay. Maybe it was, it was dead when it, when it first launched too. But you know, we're, let's talk as if we're a company who's got some blog content from three, three, four years ago. What's the first step? How, how do we, how do we first sort of, um, 
go about reviving this this dead content strategy? <laughs> sure. Well, first of all, you know, you want to you want to consider um, is this even worth refreshing in the first place? Mm -hmm. And the way you determine that <clears throat> can be from a lot of different starting points. It can be from uh, the standpoint of a product update, you know, maybe it's stale product content and you're updating that because a new feature came out or something like that. Um, but still, even with that, it may not be an SEO play. It may be more of a branded thing, you know, um, based on keyword research that uh, certain parts of your audience may be searching for that product a lot over time. So you want to make sure that would be mm -hmm. up to date. Um, so, you, so it might be because of a product thing. It might be because of just pure traffic potential. So this this is where non-branded falls into play and say, you know, you are you are ranking for something that you uh, once were getting traffic for and now you are not. Mm -hmm. That means that the competition has um, upgraded their content, refreshed it and have just been more on top of things. And you have kind of let your foot slip off the gas pedal. So you might want to update something based on traffic potential. That might be another reason. Mm -hmm. um, another reason you might want to update um, old content might be for link potential. So you know that the traffic potential is maybe small or, or broad, but it's not very targeted, but you just know you're going to, to be able to get a lot of high quality links. Like for example, research um, papers, white papers, uh, case studies, things that mm -hmm. have high link potential from edu or .gov domains. Mm -hmm. That's another reason why you may want to update uh, stale content. And then finally, and probably most importantly, is relevance to business results. So um, usually these, this is like your money pages with your money keywords. You should always be updating this anyway. You shouldn't be waiting too long before yeah. this goes stale, um, if it's a money keyword or a money term for a money landing page. So mm -hmm. those are the ones that come off the top of my head uh, to start. Yeah, those are, those are definitely the top top reasons to do it. And you mentioned there at the end, you know, um, the money keyword, right? And so I've seen this happen a lot where a company will have quite a bit of content or they'll have one particular piece of content that is fantastic. It would be fantastic for a particular keyword that's relevant to their industry, relevant to them. It's a money keyword as you describe it. But mm -hmm. they've actually, they wrote it about three, four years ago and it's actually targeting the wrong keywords. And the keyword, uh -huh. the, 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 big, the, the, the money keyword is just nowhere to be found in there, even though it's talking about that. So right. for example, it would be like, um, uh, on online retail marketing, right? Whereas really that should be e-commerce marketing or something like that. That right. kind of small nuance where they just missed that keyword because they've, they've described it in a different way. And, you know, if they just change, if they go back and just, if all they do was just update the keywords to, to reflect what's uh, being searched for today, and that does change, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll produce a piece of content today that's targeting a specific keyword, but in three or four years time, that keyword has changed and, and the trend has, has moved to a different um phrase or or, or or some sort of sentence right so you've got to keep on top of that and right. that kind of small change can suddenly you know google suddenly sees it again and it's suddenly page one again how else you know if you want to talk about that you, you can but how else you know how else can you uh, update a piece of content that's that's that old and and you know what, what would that process look like yeah i mean what you just said kaya is a really good example of something and i i have a relevant thing to share Okay. It's very practical, practical, very actionable that we just did. Perfect. So uh, we have a money page uh, for customer service CRM. 
And we realized that when we first launched this page, um, and this was before my time, I actually caught this recently, but the URL structure was just service CRM. Mm -hmm. now, the, now, customer service CRM and service CRM, both terms have the same exact intent. And we realized that if we just did a simple URL redirect from service CRM to customer service CRM, we would be able to rank for both queries with the same page. Okay. just by updating the metadata. So updating content could even be something as simple and quick as that, as a URL update, 301 redirect, um, injecting some more, uh, like you said, target keywords into the metadata. It doesn't have to be a huge content change process. It can be something quick as that, but it can have a huge impact. So this was just a quick little attention to detail. We noticed an opportunity, we made the change, and then uh, we were able to rank for both. We aren't ranking super well yet for customer service CRM because we just did it, and it is a mildly, I would say, competitive term. But uh, we've been in the top rankings for a service CRM for a while, and now we're starting to see some traction for customer service CRM. Uh, so it was a quick change that had a, a pretty solid impact for us. Oh, that is awesome. That's really, really relevant relevant change that and like I said just a small small change that could have been missed or you know just like a, something huge happened in the market that changed the dynamics uh, and that small small change could just make a massive massive difference it's so true exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. I had this situation at Pipedrive as well I know they were targeting sales CRM as a term and then mm -hmm. what we also realized later down the road was uh, sales pipeline CRM and sales pipeline management mm -hmm. were growing as search terms, but um, not as difficult as sales CRM because it was less product focused as a intent. Mm -hmm. So we started targeting those terms and, and we, what we realized was those were the gateway terms to actually people buying. Yeah. So I was able to win over a lot of mindshare with the executive team by showing that going up funnel has a lot of benefit if it's highly relevant traffic. So that's another thing we did uh, that I learned about at Pipedrive just through my career. You know, this is the things that are kind of like, you know, you can't put a price tag on it. It can only Absolutely. come through learning and experience. So it's funny how these situations sort of repeat themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very good point. What yeah. tools are you using to, to, because you're talking a lot about, you know, keywords and tracking different keyword changes and the, the monthly search terms. What are you using to, mm -hmm. to, to track this stuff and to, 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 to stay on top of what's, what's working and what's not working? Yeah, um, Ahrefs, baby. Ahrefs for yeah. pretty much everything. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, really powerful tool for uh, keyword tracking. You can track rank positions. Um, you can set up a project and run site audits, crazy amount of link data, uh, fantastic for also doing influencer marketing, content marketing, mm -hmm. um, competitive research. I think, uh, you know, I tip my hats to, to Ahrefs. They're doing a great job. Yeah, likewise. Uh, it, it, we, we, we were doing a toss-up uh, when we were choosing whether we were going to go for Ahrefs or SEO Moz. Uh, we did choose Ahrefs in the end, and I'm glad because it's, it's a fantastic tool. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's really helped us and helped our clients. So, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I can't recommend Ahrefs enough. Moz is also very good, though. I, will, I won't uh, it is good. It discredit is good. Moz. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, one thing I really like about Moz is the, um, the very friendly user interface. So if you have, um, say, junior or inexperienced people doing keyword research, it's almost dummy proof. So that, that's yeah. a great tool to start with if you are really junior. 
True. And SEM Rush is another one I'll throw out there since we're talking about them. SEM Rush is another good tool that can help in a similar way. Fantastic tool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back into like, um, you know, repurposing content again and sort of refreshing stuff. So let's say, for example, you know, um, you guys have, 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 have written a piece of content about, you know, uh, the sales pipeline, how to keep the sales pipeline full, for example, or, you know, keeping customers happy. Um, and mm-hmm. a, a year passes, two years pass, and a competitor or two or three competitors have also published articles that are talking the same keywords as you. They're a bit newer published more recently um, and you know they're maybe a little bit longer than your article they've answered a few more questions and so they're obviously outranking you now so your article which was originally ranking top of page one now slipping down to sort of page two and and, and even further what's your next move right. now which keyword is this for by the way okay good question um let's go for um customer relationship management in e-commerce let's go for that something right, it's quite quite long tail Let's take a look. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just search customer relationship management, e-commerce, and just see yeah. what comes up here. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, when I look at these results, the first thing that I always like to analyze, first of all, is um, how powerful are the domains on page one? Mm-hmm. Then the other thing is, of course, also um, how much distraction is there in this result, meaning like how many things are here that can take away organic clicks. So right off the bat, I see uh, four ads. I see um, this sort of carousel thing here with people also search for. But overall, not too, not too crowded. Now, the, now let me refresh the results here. I use the uh, Ahrefs domain uh, plugin. Mm-hmm. to try to see what the um, results look like in the search. So let me see here. Let me refresh. And all right. So I see um, channelreply.com slash blog as the first result. Uh, there are 37 domain. Their top result has six links to from four referring domains. Um, then I see ecommerceplatforms.com, DA60, uh, clickatel.com, 57. And then Big Commerce 90. Um, and it seems to be all informational queries, nothing about products, nothing about um, services. So definitely an informational intent. I always try to figure out what the intent is of the audience too. Um, let me look at channelreply.com. Now, one, when I see a DA37 as the number one result and they haven't built too many links to that content, that usually tells me that this may be the shittier result um, visually, and it may not have as many links or buzz on the internet. But one thing that this article probably does better than all the rest is satisfies searcher intent. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'm noticing that Google is favoring uh, searcher intent above um, things like links or um, domain strength, for example. Domain strength definitely helps still, but <clears throat> I've seen lower quality domains outperforming higher quality domains just because their search intent is higher. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So really, these are all what is style content. So this one is a question based content. Um, Is customer relationship management worth the investment in e-commerce? Does CRM matter in e-commerce? So it's like people who are trying to figure out um, if I'm in e-commerce, do I need a CRM? It's one of those, I guess I would call gateway searches probably Mm -hmm. middle of funnel. Um, Then there's things in this article, like how do I implement CRM and e-commerce? 
Um, you see things like, uh, does, why does CRM matter? Now I see links to a bunch of CRM <laughs> providers. Let's mm -hmm. see if they're affiliate links or not. Um, no, they look like normal links. So you see just very credible CRM companies like Zendesk and Freshworks, um, desk.com mm -hmm. in here, uh, Amazon CRM strategy. So they're outbound linking to case studies from Amazon. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty solid article. I would say this is an important one for CRM companies that are offering software to the e-commerce um, audience because this is a gateway search that will help you understand whether or not um, somebody's interested in a CRM for e-commerce. Yeah. So yeah, I would say this is worth prioritizing yeah. probably if you, uh, if you offer CRM software to e-commerce businesses. Okay, so if you were gonna, if you were trying to get uh, rank for this keyword, right? You're looking at this article. You've done a really good analysis of this article that's ranking well. So would you now? How would you approach this? Would you go? Would you now go and take the same uh, elements of that article and improve upon it and do more, or would you try and do, take a different route and and you know try to sort of uh, answer these questions in a different way? Yeah. Um, well, because e-commerce. Let me see. This is customer relationship management for e-commerce. Let me just look at this one more time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to also plug the data into Ahrefs. So now once I've analyzed the result pages, like I've just done to really understand who's there, what kind of content do people want? Is this informational? Is this transactional? Yada, yada, yada. Um, then I will take that search, put it into Ahrefs and start to see what are some of the keyword level metrics around this? Because I still have no idea how many searches a month is this getting? Um, another mm -hmm. indicator that will help me prioritize this a little bit is the cost per click. So usually very high cost per click searches, um, it, it signifies that it's uh, buying intent or close to buying intent. So it all depends on your strategy. You know, like if let's say leads and customers and accelerating the sales process with content is like a major priority for your company right now, then you should be prioritizing keywords that have higher CPCs. Mm -hmm. um, if brand and, and kind of just, you know, expanding your total addressable market by vertical, you know, usually when companies start targeting things like e-commerce, you know, real estate, this and that, they're verticalizing their approach because they may have plateaued in the generic yeah. um, buckets. But when I look at this, right, customer relationship management e-commerce, it gets less than 10 searches a month. Um, the difficulty of this keyword is zero, which means it's very, okay. e very easy in the eyes of Ahrefs to rank for this. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would probably say like, look, you know, the, if, if you are specifically selling CRM software to e-commerce and you're at the point in your strategy where you're verticalizing your content, um, uh, strategy, I would say you should, you should focus on this because the top result is an article from 2017, so it's highly stale. That means that no one has really bothered to produce anything worthwhile for this group of people. And even though it has low search volume and it has zero CPC, um, you should still focus on it if you're specifically selling CRM to e-commerce. If you're not doing that, then you should stay away from something like this because the search volume is too low, um, the intent is not there, and it's probably not even worth your time. Okay, so that's how that's how we identify whether it's a, an opportunity or not. So let's talk about you know how to actually now create that content, right? So 
again if we've got if we've got the old older blog post um should should i now um what was the name of the company that are ranking well that you just analyzed channelreply.com channelreply.com so should i take channelreply.com's article and use that as a as a foundation to build my article because they're ranking first should i use them as a template and then if they've written a thousand words i should maybe write you know two thousand words you know without obviously without any sort of plagiarism or anything like that but you know talking about like you know the same sort of topics that they've touched on sure um yeah so a couple of things stand out um first of all what stands out to me from this article is there's no author tied to it okay so one thing that google is really focusing on a lot especially when it comes to information around software technology buying guides stuff like that is authorship and i'm not saying that they specifically care about um the author but what they do care about is something called the e guidelines which is um basically authoritativeness and trustworthiness it stands for expertise authoritativeness and trustworthiness okay so there there's a, a process that google follows where um certain subsets of pages are manually reviewed by what they call um quality uh, researchers, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And what these quality researchers do is they look to see who, who published this. If this is the next step or th if this article is a step before buying something, then it should probably be coming from someone that's pretty legit. Um, this article has no sense of authorship tied to it. It could have been a robot. It could have been a college intern that just, you know, researched all this scraped it all together and slapped it into an article on wordpress yeah. you know um so if i was a new site trying to overtake this ranking the first thing i would do is add some kind of credibility around who's the author um mm -hmm. then i would look at just uh the visual presentation of this before i even start looking at the text and when i look at this visually i see stock images vector photos that were probably scraped from Shutterstock. Um, you know, corny, like identify your goals section here. It's got like this sort of like, you know, um, thing that you would see hanging up in a bar where you throw the dart and try to hit the bullseye in the central. Like <laughs> it's all this improving customer loyalty, some random picture of people at a concert. So okay. visually this has a ton of, of opportunity to be significantly better by having like actionable diagrams, real research, uh, data from other various sources that are far more credible than what's presented here, infographics, even videos. There's no video here, so there's there's no um, kind of uh, there's no interactive media. It's all just you know really boring stock content. So mm -hmm. you can differentiate automatically by having stuff like that in there. Then the other thing I see with this that's really ugly is uh, ads. I was hit with a bunch of pop-ups like immediately okay. uh, after hitting this. So just those things alone, um, I can tell that there's a lot of opportunity to stand out and be different. In terms of the way that this should flow, um, they've nailed the intent really well, that's the thing. So what people are trying to figure out is if I'm in e-commerce, why would I even need a CRM? Mm -hmm. Why can't I just you know, use my marketing automation database or my email marketing database as my single source of truth? So what they really want to know is, do I need to invest in this extra cost? Is there any real return on investment in this? And if I do buy a CRM, what's the benefit to me? Why should I go through this hassle? All these sorts of things. And um, it looks like this article does 
capture all that information. Uh, they explain it all, mm-hmm. and then they offer CRM solutions at the bottom. Um, and they talk thing. They talk about things like data, data privacy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty standard. You know, I yeah, would say. Yeah. You know, someone like me who really knows this stuff inside and out, I mean, I could probably put together an outline that would beat this in like an hour. I yeah. could send this to somebody on my team. They could write a better one and we'd probably be number one within, you know, a few days. Yeah, and there it is. I mean, I think you you touched on it a few times there. Just identify, it's, all about, it's about identifying the weaknesses of the article. So you pointed out a few things. They didn't have a, an author byline or anything like that. The images were low quality. They've right. got ads everywhere. I'm imagining that the the, the, the design of the page is, is lacking in quality. So these are the things that, you know, if you want to rank above them, and this, and this goes for any keyword in any industry, if you want to rank above them, these are the kind of weaknesses you need to identify in the top one, top two, top three articles at Google ranking for your your target keyword, your money keyword. And, exactly. you know, you, you can list them out and say, okay, we've got to make sure that when we target this keyword, we've got to make sure we hit this, hit that, hit that. Whilst at the same time, also hitting where they've clearly done well, whatever they, whatever it is that they have done well to get to first, uh, ranking first, ranking second, third, you've got to do that too and do it better. You know, if they've written about a particular question, if they're answering a right about a particular question, you need to answer that question better. Don't copy their question. Don't, you know, copy it and reword it. You, you need to actually answer it better with more examples, uh, with, with uh, more authoritative content if you can link to it. Uh, statistics, studies, anything you can throw in there, you know, expertise from your CEO, from your CMO, from your CTO, whatever it needs to be, to answer that question as fantastically as possible. And, you know, if you hit all those weaknesses and you, at the same time, improve on their strengths, then, you know, it's, well, it is what it is. As you say, it will take take a few days, right, to to, to outrank them. It's it's really as simple as that. Exactly. Exactly, man. You nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk more about sort of, um, now we've spoken about sort of, you know, targeting existing content and maybe revamping your old content to, to beat to beat new content from competitors how else can can companies um you know repurpose their old content to, to, to build new content so i'm thinking here video and audio content so let's let's say for example uh, a company has got some webinars from you know a couple of years back they recorded a few youtube videos uh, perhaps they had a podcast like content and caffeine a few years back how could they go about repurposing that content and turning it into you know again seo worthy content or just content for the website yeah, sure. Um, one, the place I usually like to start is um, crawling my, my website and, and using um, APIs to, to get additional data into those URLs. So, for mm-hmm. example, you could use a tool like Screaming Frog, which will you know um, essentially give you a list of all the URLs on your website. Then you can filter and sort by, say, blog. So if you have slash blog in your URL structure, um, you can sort by only URLs that contain blog, and then you'll have a list of every single blog article that's ever been published. Um, and the point of using APIs, so you, for example, you can use things like Google Analytics API, Google Search Console API, um, Ahrefs API as well, into Screaming Frog. And then what you can see is URLs sorted by unique views, organic traffic, backlinks, conversion data, if there is any, um, if you're doing goal conversion tracking. Um, Backlinks, you can see what has the most uh, links. You can see what has the most referring domains. You can see things like time on page, et cetera, et cetera. So now what you'll have is 
kind of a good starting point and you can say, all right, well, I know that, um, you know, all my blog articles that have, um, you know, a high bounce rate, uh, the visitors have been there for less than 30 seconds on average, 30 seconds or less on average. It doesn't have any backlinks. It doesn't have any traffic. Yeah, these are blog posts that we should start looking at and, and start determining what do we do with these? Do we delete? Do we um, redirect to somewhere else? Or do we update and publish as new? That's usually where you start. Okay. How do you, how do you know? How do you know that you know uh, this blog post is good enough to, to repurpose or should we just delete it? Is it, again, an, another case of just opening up Ahrefs and, and seeing about you know, uh, search volume and that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. You want to look at you want to look at those other factors that we talked about at the beginning of the call. You want to align back to is this what is the business relevancy here? First of all, um, is what part of the funnel is this? You'd want to segment by that. Then you'd want to say, okay, um, what's the traffic potential? You want to look at things like search volume, uh, trends. You want to look at CPC as well. Um, you also want to look at keyword difficulty. So if it's like, say, a really high um, keyword difficulty but low traffic, um, the only way you'd want to prioritize that for an update is if um, it's, highly, it's highly relevant to uh, a business result, meaning like they'll probably end up converting on a landing page or it's the step before a money page. Um, but what I usually like to, to, to do is kind of a bit of a manual review at that point. And just say, look, were we trying to target something here that had potential at one point? Now it doesn't and we just kill it. Did we since publish a better article? And oftentimes you'll realize that you did. You published something way better on a similar topic in which then you'll just consolidate. You'll redirect. So you'll clean mm -hmm. up junk by doing that. Um, a lot of times what you'll realize is, yeah, we just we should just delete this. Like it was just a bad idea. Like you'll realize yeah. like, yeah, three years ago we tried to do this you know, Tuesday tips content series. And it, it just it bombed. It fell flat on its face. The URL structures are all messed up. The quality is just low. You just, then you just delete all those, right? So you're pruning. You, you also look at, you know, do these have any backlinks? Um, if they have links, but they have no value in terms of traffic or relevance, you just redirect them. Because what you want to do is consolidate that link equity. You don't want it to, to you know, be deleted. Um, so that's usually how I prioritize it all. And if you use a tool like Moz, the other thing that I like is that it gives you a keyword priority score. And it does that algorithmically based on click-through rate potential, search volume, and keyword difficulty. Um, Ahrefs doesn't quite do that, but um, because I've been doing this for so long, I can still get a sense of what needs to be prioritized first. But if you're looking for um, a numerical way to do it, Moz's uh, Keyword Explorer does offer a priority score, which I think is fantastic. Excellent. Really great advice in there. And you touched on something really interesting as well, like um, consolidating articles. So we had a client um, who had, they were again, so, some old content, two or, three, two or three years old, the content was, and they had sort of basically fragmented. They were going after one keyword, but with about three or four different articles. And, you know, they, they were okay on their own, but, the, but by themselves, they were ranking on page like four, five, and six because they're only about 800 words long each. They needed a bit of cleaning up and they needed consolidating. So that's what we did. We, we consolidated that into one large, large article that was obviously higher keyword, uh, uh, higher keyword, um, more, sorry, more, um, more words. 
Uh, it wasn't difficult. No, it wasn't difficult. It was, it was re- relatively easy, and the okay. and result, the results came quite quickly. So, yeah, it was it was just a good way to again. It's just sort of going back to um, older content, seeing what's wrong. You know, again, as you mentioned, it could be that it's just a, a bad. Uh, a bad topic that didn't need to be um, you know, spoken about and it wasn't going to move the needle so to speak or it could be that it's just fragmented across two or three different articles it needs to be consolidated right. but that's the important thing just going back and checking you know, what's working what's not working right? Right, right exactly, yeah. exactly. Absolutely Okay I want to talk about um, you know, your content strategy on, on Nextiva right now because I'm having a look at the blog having a look at the website first thing that strikes me is just the the, the, the fantastic UI and, and the great uh, imagery that you guys have going on in the blog and when you open up the blog posts, you, you've got really clean, sleek uh, pages with not too much distractions. You mentioned earlier with um, the the other website having ads and stuff like that. None of this going on on Nextiva. Mm-hmm. So, you know, w- talk to me a little bit about what's working for you guys. I see you've got a lot of uh, instructional content. Uh, content is very long and, and sort of uh, detailed. Mm-hmm. What, what's been working for you guys? What hasn't worked for you guys? And, you know, what's, uh, what's coming up? What, what are you thinking about experimenting on next? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, man, um, one thing we really wanted to do was not have a blog that was infested with ads and pop-ups and buy now, um, just because that's what everybody's doing. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. I just like going against the, against the trends if I can. So, um, and plus I know that delivering value and building up audience trust over time is ultimately going to be what differentiates and gets people to trust the brand and buy. Mm -hmm. Um, rather than just shoving, you know, get a quote by now, even those ads that make you feel bad about yourself, like, no, I suck. I don't want more traffic. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) They're terrible. They're terrible. Yeah. You know, so we're not doing anything like that. Um, yeah. In terms of the, the blog strategy, it's all about evergreen content. All of our, all of our content on the blog is meant for, uh, capturing relevant search traffic and also serving the needs of our audience. And, uh, the buckets that we really focus on for the blog are business communications, uh, customer experience, leadership, marketing, productivity, because uh, these are all the pains that our audience has. And we, we, we service small businesses, but also larger businesses as well. So we try to um, give a little bit of flavor for everything. But you'll see things um, like uh, how to choose the best CRM call center software to um, how to free yourself from digital distraction, customer service tips, how to enhance the customer experience, um, all these sorts of things. Excellent, excellent. Yes, that's right. I am seeing all that kind of stuff. So is it is it just a blog that you're focusing on right now? Is there any other sort of um, form of content that you guys are seeing working for you, eBooks or video content, anything like that? Yeah, aside from blog content, it's all about webinars, man. So we, we do webinars okay. once a week. That's uh, some of the most powerful um, marketing content that we that we put together we also have a uh, in-house video producer so we're mm-hmm. going to be uh doing far far more video content in 2019 than than most companies i would say uh we're investing heavily there uh and for all sorts of things like uh sales enablement ads um injecting cool little like uh how to explainer videos into our blog content product yeah. content uh, there's just endless amount of uses for a video producer. So um, we're going to be Absolutely. doing more of that as well. So yeah, man, yeah. a lot of stuff coming up. 
Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think that's that's going to be a trend. I think having having a uh, video content embedded in blog posts that is like highly relevant, basically the blog post in video form, right? I think I, I'm hearing hearing a few companies uh, experimenting with that. I'm interested to see how that's going to pan out over the next year or so. Um, okay, yeah, exactly. let's move on to the quick exactly, fire round. Yeah, yeah. Cool. let's move on to the quick fire round. Ready for this? It's going to cool, be three man, quick yeah. questions. Uh, first right. is, what's your favorite social network right now? Uh, LinkedIn. Okay, is that from, and that's obviously from a professional perspective. And why, why LinkedIn specifically? Um, I would say uh, Facebook's getting too old. <laughs> I'm getting mm-hmm. bored yeah. of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, there's only so many puppy and food videos I can take. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. So, so yeah, Facebook, I'm kind of just done with over that. It's just kind of boring. And then from a business perspective, Facebook, um, I would say has a lot of just groups that are dying. Like you, we saw this in LinkedIn when groups first came out, they were hot. Then they quickly became spam factories and died. I think you're mm-hmm. seeing the same thing with Facebook. You know, every day now it seems like there's a new SaaS growth hacks group yeah. or this or that, where everyone's just trying to, you know, try to spark up conversation and debates. It happens sometimes, but it's, it's fading away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's my take on Facebook right now. It's, it's all about ads. If you're going to be on Facebook, I think we all yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Um, even with ads, you know, we're getting lower quality, really? we're just lower quality stuff coming in, man. Just, it, it can be so wild. You know, they, they gave us Facebook audience insights and they took it away. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, yeah, there's that. Twitter, I think it could still be effective if uh, you're trying to accomplish like a certain thing. The way I would describe Twitter to businesses is like it's a reaction. It's a reactionary platform. So what you want to do is like find those conversations that are happening around uh, what's important to your business and then jump in. Um, You want to be a contributor, not, uh, you know, a spammer or a broadcaster. Twitter is less, is a lot less about broadcasting and more about just getting into conversations. So if if you're selling customer service, uh, software to e-commerce, you should be finding where on Twitter people are talking about that and join those conversations. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And then LinkedIn, I think is the best right now, just because there's so much organic juice being pumped into the news feeds. Uh, there's Mm -hmm. a lot more, um, I would say interaction potential, um, people are just, uh, coming more alive. There's more unique threads. Um, and I think it's also cool that, you know, you can just see everyone's background in one swift shot. You can see who's legit or not. Um, with Twitter, it's kind of hard to say, um, anyone can pay for that blue check mark now, uh, which is, I guess, you know, how people can evaluate, uh, authority on Twitter now. But, um, I like LinkedIn cause you can literally see somebody's entire background in one click of a button determine whether or not they're legit and uh, go from there. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you on all three fronts, really. How about LinkedIn ads? Have you guys had any um, experience experimenting with them? We have, yeah. We've uh, we've been running running some experiments on LinkedIn ads. Uh, right now, we're, what we're trying to determine, is it better to send people from LinkedIn to a landing page mm-hmm. and have them convert through that or just the straight-up native form um, on LinkedIn where they, where the, the experiences, um, they're not forced to visit a separate landing page. They would just, uh, enter their information right there, um, through LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and what we're finding is pretty much that it's inconclusive at this point. Uh, okay. the, the general trend is that you're going to get 
more conversions when you don't send people to a landing page, but they're going to be lower quality because a lot of people just want whatever it is you're offering. Yeah. It's usually an ebook or, or a webinar. Um, if you go the opposite route where you force people to go to a landing page, um, there's more work, but the people who actually go through that work are generally going to be more interested. So it all depends on like, you know, what do you want? Do you want a lot of people coming in, kind of casting a wider net and then having your sales team or whatever lead scoring mechanism that you have in place, uh, filter it down further? Or do you want to just skip all that, you know, make them go through the landing page, make it harder, but um, make the people who really want to be there the ones who are relevant and then just kind of um, run the sales process or the follow-up process from there. So, Awesome. Cool. Next question is, whose content are you consuming the most right now? And that could be, uh, you know, books, podcasts, Instagram, whatever. Sure. Um, yeah, books have made an odd resurgence. And I think uh, I, I enjoy reading books because it's pretty much distraction-free. You know, I'm going to close my laptop, I'm going to close my phone, and I'm actually going to sit focus and read something without being distracted and do yeah. my best to consume it and you know kind of um internalize that knowledge so I, i'm a big fan of books right now uh podcasts are also great um it, you know i i live in miami florida so like i i'll be on the treadmill or just outside like walking around getting my exercise in and podcasts are awesome uh to listen to and consume while you're moving around um so i really enjoy that and then in terms of blog content, man, there's just a few left that I that I really dig. Um, Growth Hackers is definitely one. Mm -hmm. um, Ahrefs SEO blog is another. Um, that, dude, I, I would say that's really it. I'm, I'm probably on a few other distribution lists, but that those are the really the top two that do it for me, man. Those, that's that's it. I try to I try to cut down actually on blog content because let's be real. At the end of the day, these B two B blogs are just people trying to sell you shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know I'm in that world, so I don't want to see it. Um, oh, also backlinko Brian Dean, man, really really oh, yeah. quality yeah. stuff, and I love his video content. Definitely. Um, so yeah, aside from Brian Dean, Hrefs, and uh, Growth Hackers, there's not much that I consume blog blog wise. Fair enough, fair enough. And final question is, what's your one tip for content marketers today? Oh man, <laughs> just one, just one. <laughs> All right, well, I'll give mine. I want to hear yours too, Kaya. But uh, okay, mine is gonna be. Um, I know this sounds kind of cliche, but seriously, like, don't be afraid to do something different or out of the box or unoriginal. Like for example, um, I went to the mall and mm -hmm. I cold pitched people in real life. So I took screenshots of like all the worst LinkedIn DMs and cold in mail and stuff that were sent to my CMO. And I copied that in real life. So I literally went up to people and said, Hey, do you have time for a business meeting next week? I'd love to get 15 minutes on your calendar. Mm -hmm. Um, and I said that to like hundreds of people and they all denied me <laughs> and, and I looked like a crazy person and there was yeah. like a camera guy following me around the mall and we published it on LinkedIn and it went viral. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It got like a hundred K views, like in a really short time. So, um, oh, yeah, amazing. I would say, you know, yeah, you can tie things like that back to your brand campaigns. You know, it doesn't always have to be you know, the boring, typical, you know, flow where, you know, most companies doing ABM right now, what are they doing? Uh, direct mail, 
They're probably doing an article with like the job title name in it, right? So if they're going after directors of demand generation, they're probably doing content like 10 reasons why directors of demand generation need to do blah, blah, blah. And it's probably (laughs) going to be a product pitch at the end. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. I guess my one tip would just be think outside the box, try to do something different and uh, don't be afraid to be bold. Yeah, I think that's that was really bold, really innovative. So congratulations on that and going viral. I'll I'll, I'll search for it later and, and have a look at it myself. Cool. Uh, in in terms of my tip, uh, since you asked, and since we're talking about mainly sort of content repurposing and and that kind of thing, is to think about the the life cycle of a piece of content, right? So whether you're writing a blog or like you guys did, you're you're recording a video. What's next? What comes next? Because once you publish it, mm-hmm. that should be the beginning, right? So what comes after that? How can you turn that video into, you know, if it was a 10-minute video, how can you turn that into three different three different blog posts or one large blog post? And then from mm-hmm. there, how can you turn that into Instagram content? Can you take quotes, the funniest quotes from the people rejecting you? You could turn that into Instagram content. You could actually clip down the video, uh, 10 seconds of it that was quite funny or quite in- insightful, put that into Instagram. Uh, again, trip it down for, uh, for, for, for uh, sharing on LinkedIn again, on Facebook again. Could you use it in a Facebook ad? So on and so forth, you know? Could you take snippets again for Twitter and, and uh, uh, tag people on Twitter who are involved? This kind of stuff, you need to think about the, the life cycle of a piece of content. Same, same thing when it comes to a blog post. You publish a blog post, is there a potential to turn that into a podcast? Could it become something that you, you know, read, read into a pod- podcast, a bit like Seth Godin does on his uh, Akimbo podcast, where he's just talking to the, to the microphone about his thoughts? Could your blog be the foundation of that kind of podcast, of that kind of content? Could it be the foundation of a webinar? So on and so forth. So this is my tip is to just think about, you know, a piece of content is not the end. Once you, it's not the end when you publish it. It's how can I take this and, and use it for the next year? You know, and if you do that for five to six different pieces of content, evergreen content, you'll see that <clears throat> suddenly you've got this massive content strategy based around not that much content. So if you scale the content, you can see just how, how uh, drastically you can scale the entire strategy. That's fantastic advice, man. I agree. Far too often, uh, marketers, they, they just think of content as like a one-off standoff thing, but they don't mm-hmm. think about how it fits into, like you said, the bigger picture. Absolutely. Um, and I, I love the repurposing tip there too, man. You know, one, one thing I do every week is, uh, after a webinar, we, um, take a clip of it and then we mm-hmm. add those kind of big Instagram style headline captions yeah, to them. Perfect. And then we drop them into LinkedIn. So it's like an audio snippet, mm-hmm. uh, with video and it has the, the headline capture, uh, meme style thing, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of, you know, the Gary V method, right. Of just yeah, capturing yeah. people's attention real quick in the feed. But that's a, that's a quick and easy way to do it. And then of course you mentioned a million other ways to do it. So, uh, there's yeah. no shortage of ideas, man. You can that's right. always take one thing and, and reuse it and repurpose it for many other, um, campaigns and, and, and tactics. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think we've we've, uh, discussed quite a few tactics in this episode. So thanks so much for coming on. It's been a fantastic uh, episode. I've really enjoyed it. If people want to reach you online, how can they find you? Yeah, man, just search me. Uh, Gaetano Donardi, search me in Google, search me in LinkedIn, uh, and you'll find me there. So hit me up. Okay. Gaetano, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Kaya. Appreciate it, man. Guys, thank you for listening to Content and Caffeine. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to share it with your friends and your colleagues, and please remember to rate and review us on iTunes or whichever app you're listening to us on. If you're looking for show notes, head over to wordify.co forward slash podcast, and I'll see you again next week.